0: It's 49ers. Cutback podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. The first look, 49ers versus Eagles. And there has to be more content about the 49ers versus Eagles this week because this is a matchup that we've all been waiting for since last year. We felt like we were robbed of a great NFC Championship game because of Brock Purdy's injury. And of course, you can't discount how good the Eagles are, but everyone, uh, fans, players, coaches, ownership everyone feels like the 49ers didn't get a fair shot now you've got to play with the parts you have and the 49ers didn't have enough to beat the eagles so you got to give them their credit Uh, but when it comes down to it we feel like there's a bad taste in our mouth and we want to see the san francisco 49ers versus the philadelphia eagles i think this is going to be an absolute showdown in philly and that's what makes it so interesting you have the same exact matchup a same exact location course, this is the regular season not as much as on the line but the 49ers are playing to potentially catch up in the loss column and potentially catch the eagles as far as getting the number one seed in the playoffs and so the 49ers have to make sure they go in and get this win it's very important they are two games back and they need to close the gap it's tough for the eagles uh, to lose so far they're doing absolutely fantastic this season 10 and 1, and they're winning a lot of close football games. In fact, they're seven and one in close football games, one score games. The only team that was able to get them, Robert Sala's New York Jets. They held the Eagles to 14 points. Of course, that game was on the road for the Eagles. They went to New York to MetLife and they lost to a Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. Uh, that is the one lone blemish. And the 49ers potentially. Could be the only team standing in their way from running the table the rest of the way, going 16-1 and and straight into that number one seed, that number one bye, and just kind of sitting back and waiting for the teams that have to come to them. Teams that are on their heels, of course, 49ers, Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys, all looking to potentially catch the Philadelphia Eagles and put pressure on them before we get to the playoffs. I thought this would be a fun episode. I want to go over some 49er news real early in this episode, but then I want to turn our attention to what is different from last year when the 49ers played the NFC Championship game against the Eagles. Both teams are a little bit different in a couple of different areas. I want to get into that before we ever get into anything this week about this current matchup because there has been wholesale changes. This isn't 49ers versus Eagles replicated from last year. This is going to be a little bit different Of course, when it comes to the NFL, right, rosters, uh, coaching staffs, everything, it's a living, breathing thing. So it's going to be a lot different. But uh, first off, I have to do something. I have to talk to you guys about bet online because bet online is a good way if you want to bet on this game. 49ers favored right now three points. Just so you know, the holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with the up-to-minute sports wagering news odds trends and predictions bet online is a top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four bet online it has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played from MMA to international soccer Head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, a few things that I want to get into as far as news in 49er land is the 49ers activated Robert Beale Jr., defensive end. Of course, they drafted him out of Georgia this season in the fifth round. This came as a little bit of a shock. I don't think anyone actually thought. Beal was going to be able to come back. He had dealt with injuries during training camp. They had potentially stashed him on the IR. With the 21-day window being activated at the same time between uh, Samuel Womack, Darrell Luter Jr., and Robert Beal Jr., the thought process was, hey, one of those three guys will potentially come back because the way the 49ers roster is constructed, and there just wasn't very many spots available on the active 53-man roster. Well, Beal Jr. got activated. And a corresponding move, they put George Odom on the IR. He is out for the season with a torn bicep. That means depth of the safety position in question and also special teams prowess of George Odom now on the shelf. What do the 49ers do to kind of take it take to some of those safety uh, problems as far as depth-wise and fix them? They went out and they worked out a bunch of guys uh during you know, the day, and they signed Eric Harris to the practice squad. Eric Harris has been around for a league, veteran guy, lots of special teams ability, so it's probably one of those tandem things. So now the 49ers have two potential call-up safety options that they can elevate, a standard elevation for the game between Eric Harris and Taylor Hawkins, so guys who can help on special teams, but they got a veteran guy. I'm sure they're not done addressing the position, but this Definitely uh, makes it a little bit easier, but they could go with the standard elevation in this game. They don't really have any weaknesses at other positions because Spencer Burford came back to practice, which means your entire offensive line is intact. And so the four yards can feel comfortable that they don't have to elevate an offensive lineman. They can potentially elevate one of these safeties and another position if it's asked to. So they don't have to roll. They were willing to roll with three safeties last week. They might feel comfortable with one of their cornerbacks playing safety as well. So it looks like the 49ers are going to go with an extra defensive end. We'll see if Robert Beal is actually active for the game. But at six foot five and running a four, 440, he could potentially help on special teams, especially a big-body guy. So he could have some impact on this game if he's able to get in and help on special teams. Darrell Luther Jr. has made an impact since he came back. Sam Womack has made an impact as he came back. So those were some changes for the 49ers this week. Looks like the fourers are going to be healthy at a lot of positions. Safety, they're going ahead and working on the depth. But let's talk about what's changed since last year from the NFC Championship game until now. I mean, offensively, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they still got all the sum of parts, right? They got Jalen Hurts. He's been playing really good right now. He was dynamic against the Buffalo Bills. He took over the game in overtime and really made some big-time throws and then a big-time run to get the touchdown and win the football game. So Jalen Hurts is still the same guy that the 49ers have had to deal with before. Now, they were able to get him in 2021. That was early on in Jalen Hurts' career, of course. He is definitely was a lot better in 2022. I think in 2023, he hasn't been as dynamic, but he's still very impressive and still makes an impact on the football game. So what do they do? They bring in running back DeAndre Swift. He comes in. Of course, he's replacing Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders goes down to Carolina. DeAndre Swift comes in. And I think I've seen a major impact from Swift. Swift has rushed for over 700 yards this season, which is really good. He leads the team with 770, definitely on pace to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark. But what he's added to this is I know Miles Sanders was great as far as jump cuts. He's very elusive. But Swift is a little bit more physical. And that's saying a lot. Miles Sanders is a physical runner as well. But he brings a little bit of an attitude to that running style. They still got the same things they got, had behind him, right? They had Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. But having a big-time runner like DeAndre Swift, the physicality, the speed, the aggressiveness that he runs with, I think has added a little bit of an extra element as far as attitude to the Philadelphia Eagles' run game. And then they added wide receiver Julio Jones. so. That's a difference from last year. Julio comes in, and now you've got him as potentially the third option at the wide receiver position. We know what they can do with with A.J. Brown. You know they got Devontae Smith. That's great. They had been without Quez Watkins almost the entire season. He's back now. Uh, He just got activated off the IR before the game against Buffalo. So they got those three. And then they've got Julio Jones. I don't know how much. Teams really worry about Julio Jones at this point in his career. You know last year when he was with Tampa Bay, the 49ers didn't really worry about him too much. They went out there and covered him with their normal uh, coverage group and didn't really have to pay too much attention. I think this point in Julio's career, he's not as dynamic as he used to be, that's for sure. So that is a little bit of a difference. Dallas Goddard, who's a tough cover for any team in the entire NFL, is currently out. So the 49ers won't have to face a really solid tight end He's dealing with a wrist issue. So the 49ers dodge a little bit of a bullet there. You won't has, have as significant an impact from the tight end position when it comes to the Eagles. Doesn't mean they can't spread you out with 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back, and get all those wide receivers, all those skilled players. In fact, they could go four wide receivers on you real quick with that running back, uh, DeAndre Swift with Jalen Hurst. It, it's a dynamic group. They can spread you out put pressure on you to cover all kinds of space. So Dallas Goddard out and hurt is a big difference from last year in the NFC Championship game. Also, left guard Isaac Sumalu um, moved on to Pittsburgh. So he left in free agency. They had a nice thing going with him on that team, and now they replaced him with Cam Juergens. So Cam Jurgens, somebody we broke down extensively when the draft process happened a couple years ago. Definitely a player that you like. Uh, We liked him. I know they like him. He's a tough, gritty player. Very aggressive in the run game. Has some deficiencies as far as pass blocking. But that's not much different than Samalu, who good in the run game, struggles sometimes in pass protection. So a little bit of a change there next to Jordan Maialata. But still, when you look at that offensive line, it's still really good. You still got Jason Kelsey. You got Landon Dickerson at right guard. And then they got Lane Johnson, and Lane Johnson missed the game against Buffalo. This is going to be something to monitor. He's dealing with a little bit of a groin issue. My expectation is he took the game off against Buffalo, thinking that he would make sure he was healthy for the 49er game. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if Lane Johnson will be missing. If Lane Johnson is missing from this game, there will be huge impact and ramifications from that because they are just not built to be missing a player like Lane Johnson, your tackle that would be coming in for Lane Johnson would be Jack Driscoll. And I did mispronounce uh, or uh, miss say it earlier. Dickerson is actually on the left side with uh, Jordan Maialata and Cam Durgan's is on the right. So I did, I did cross those guys up. I don't want anyone from Philadelphia uh, getting upset that I spoke wrong. My apologies. I had them on the wrong side. Uh, but that's how it would go. It would go Jack Driscoll next. Um, so, you know, that's a huge loss compared to what they would have with Lane Johnson, who's been one of the best and one of the sneakiest fast get-offs as an offensive tackle getting into his kick slide in the entire league. So you see that there's been some changeover, a change of running back, a change of wide receiver, missing the big tight end, and then a change along the offensive line probably could be considered even a positive change depending on how you grade out Juergens compared to uh, Somalu. Uh, Then the 49ers, I mean, one of the big things is You know, in that game, Brock Purdy got hurt. And once Brock Purdy was hurt, 49ers were dead in the water. Josh Johnson then gets hurt as well. But they just couldn't do anything after that. McCaffrey was able to run, get a huge touchdown run in that NFC Championship game. But, I mean, without Brock Purdy, it's different. The other thing that's changed is the 49ers are completely insulated at quarterback this time. And you don't want Brock Purdy to go down. What the 49ers made sure they did was bring in guys – that they could count on. And they have two veterans that are sitting there. And Sam Darnold, the backup. And then, of course, they got Brandon Allen as well. Who's a started football games in this league. Played behind Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. So, this time they're rolling in. And if something happens to Brock Purdy, heaven forbid, there's two more quarterbacks that are set to play. They're not going to run out of quarterbacks like they did in the NFC Championship game. Which means as long as you don't run out of quarterbacks, you have an opportunity to win. And let's be honest, this quarterback room is better going into that game than going into this game than it was in the NFC Championship game. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't healthy. The backup was Josh Johnson. This is a far cry from that. This is so much better. 49ers got to feel more comfortable. Now you want your starting quarterback on the field for all the snaps. Brock Purdy needs to be out there for the 49ers to have a legitimate chance to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The good news is though, he's going to have the opportunity the 49ers do, that in case something happens, they have somebody that can win the football game. So Colton McKivitz is a difference too. He's now the starting right tackle. Last year, the San Francisco 49ers had Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. So a subtle change on the offensive line. The other difference is last year, Spencer Burford and Daniel Brunskill were rotating at right guard. The 49ers so far this season have been rolling with Spencer Burford. He missed last week and John Feliciano came in. There has been some expectation and potential rumblings that the 49ers are about to go back to that rotation. It rotates Spencer Burford and John Feliciano to continue to get Feliciano reps. Feliciano, a player that's interesting in this matchup, because he started 15 games for the New York Giants last year at center, he has a really good understanding of the Eagles' concepts that they like to do on defense. As far as stunts, the personnel there, right, what their strengths and weaknesses are, he can give some good perspective. But also, if he's in there, he understands how to play against those guys. So uh, I think Feliciano's is a, a guy that we could see of, on occasion uh, from series to series, depending on how the 49ers decide to do a rotation. But the good news is Burford is back. And besides that, 49ers pretty much stay the same, right? I mean, you still have the same guys at a lot of the positions. Uh, wide receiver, yeah, Roddy Bell is the fifth receiver now. And, you know, a tight end, you don't have you know guys who potentially you had last year, but you still have Charlie Warner, you still have Ross Dwelly. That doesn't change. Offensive line's the same. Running backs, same situation. So not a lot of changes for the 49ers on offense. As far as defensively, when you start looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, there are some wholesale changes in the personnel department. Number one, Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. That was the starting linebackers last year. They've been replaced. They're gone. Kaiser White left as a free agent, got big money to go down to Arizona to be with defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as he took over the Arizona Cardinals. He's played well. Fortnite played him already once this season. He looked pretty good. He's one of those linebackers that flies around and makes plays. So, Kaiser White gone. And how do they replace Kaiser White and TJ Edwards with Nicholas Morrow and Zach? Cunningham, Bandage 49ers, right? I mean, when you start looking at the matchups, this is one of those matchups that's going to get played out this week that we're going to talk about extensively. It was already a problem last year when you had White and Edwards to go against McCaffrey, Debo, and kind of some of the matchups you can find. And we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles somewhat struggle to stop the run this season compared to years past. They still have a dominant defensive line. They still have... Really good players to help in the run at the safety position. But the truth is, these linebackers have taken a step back. Can't afford to pay everyone, right? We've seen guys move on, especially after you make a Super Bowl run. That happens a lot of times. Players move on, and this was a big loss. Going to Morrow and Zach Cunningham. I'm all for development. I'm all for players going to practice squads and eventually developing. These Al Shire for the 49ers is one of those guys. Demetrius Flanagan fouls. Now, Shire's case, he became a starter you know, down the road. So uh, that can happen. That's exactly what happened with Nicholas Morrow. I can't wait to get into the matchups of this thing, 49ers matchups of Christian McCaffrey against Morrow and Cunningham. Now, one of the other ones? Defensive tackle Javon Hargrave is a loss for the Eagles. He left, and, of course, we know where he ended up. He came to San Francisco. That was a big free agent pickup for the 49ers. They spent very handsomely to get Javon Hargrave. And he's paid dividends for the 49ers. Him alone by himself has more sacks in this season than the entire interior defensive line for the 49ers last year. They had three interior defensive uh, sacks last year from the interior defensive line. He's already eclipsed that. He's got four and a half on the season. So Javon Hargrave has been playing really good. He is fantastic. So another thing to watch is Fletcher Cox injured his groin In the game against the Bills. Uh, He left the game. He did not come back. And it didn't look good. He was moving very gingerly. I'm not saying he's going to be out. But even if he plays. If this is a significant groin injury. It could limit his effectiveness. Your ability to push off that leg. Your ability to change direction. Your ability to disengage from an offensive lineman. It's going to be really tough for Fletcher Cox. So that's something to watch this week. And see if it ends up paying You know, huge dividends for the 49ers in the run game or even being able to limit the effectiveness of the pass rush of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Kevon Wallace is gone, and in came Kevin Byard, and they just made that trade right before the trade deadline to get Byard. But Kevon Wallace left in free agency, went down to Arizona with Jonathan Gannon, and he's kind of moved around a little bit. Uh, So that was a change at at the safety position, I forgot to mention that Jalen Carter, uh, the Eagles got him in a top 10 pick in the draft, and that was a huge get. He's going to be a player the 49 are going to have to deal with in this game. So, Jalen Carter coming in and replacing uh, Javon Hargrave. If he doesn't start. Jordan Davis will be probably a starter. Now, if the injury to Fletcher Cox ends up uh, being a real problem, then you could see Jalen Carter in the mix, and you could have the, the Georgia defensive interior from a couple years ago. Uh, but Davis went down as well. I don't know what will happen with him. He looked like he was struggling a little bit little bit as he ran to the sideline to run Josh Allen out of bounds. So they definitely have some concerns along the defensive line as far as health. I I don't care if they're healthy. I hope they are uh, because I want the 49ers to get a really good test against the Eagles and prove that they can beat that really good defense. D.J. Gardner-Johnson out the door, right? He was a big part of what the Eagles did in the secondary He's moved on. Avante Maddox, he's injured. But when Avante Maddox went in the IR, they have just basically turned to a lot of different players. It was Bradley Roby. Then he was dealing with injury. It's been Josh Job. It's been Sidney Brown. It's been Eli Ricks. Uh, they've all seen time in this secondary. 49ers know that that nickel corner spot is a bugaboo for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're still good on the outside. They still have Darius Slay. They still have James Bradbury. They're still talented at the cornerback position. Then you have an all pro caliber safety in Byard. Still have Reed Blankenship who leads the, the team in tackles with 72. So you have guys that can make plays in the secondary, but there is a weakness. And we know the 49ers can take advantage of those weaknesses the way that Kyle Shanahan likes to dial things up. So those are really big differences from last year in the NFC Championship game. Now for the 49ers, we talked about Javon Hargrave. That's one of the biggest ones. Interior pass rush is huge. Eric Armstead's been coming on of late. Avon Hargrave's been having some impact. Javon Kinlaw looks like a different player and is causing more issues than he ever has. You had Kevin Givens getting involved and getting a sack. Having interior pressure is going to be huge, especially if you're going against Dickerson, Kelsey, and Juergens. That's a good interior unit, but if you can get home, you can get push against those guys, against Jalen Hurts. That will make him feel uncomfortable. So, well, the 40 yards also added Chase Young at the trade deadline. That's a huge difference from last year. Last year, the 40 ers rolled in with EbuCom, solid. Charles Menahue, solid. Both of them left in free agency and got big deals. But now you've got Chase Young, you've got Cleveland Farrell. And I'll say this about Cleveland Farrell he has been so solid in the run game, just absolutely solid. And the 40 yards have continued to start him as of right now. He's been starting opposite of Nick Bosa, and then they've been rotating in Chase Young. We'll see if the 49ers started to do that in this game because, let's be honest, Chase Young, he has some success against the Eagles. He knows this Eagles team pretty well, and he had some success this year on October 1st against Jordan Maialata. And is a huge guy. I mean, the dude's got size. He's got so much strength. He's got length. He's tough to go against. But Chase had some experience against him, which means he knows how to rush him. And the fact that he was able to get home on a sack is huge. So if the forty yards can have an advantage against Jordan Maillot, and even if, if Chase Young just gets one sack in this game, that will be huge as far as the overall outcome of what they can do. Because if you can get a negative a play against the Eagles, you can potentially get off the field. That's exactly what they need to do. At linebacker last year, you had a different type of setup, right? You still have Dre. You still have Fred. But last year, you had Aziz Shire. This year, you have Warren Burks. So your base 4-3 is different. I don't know how much the Eagles are going to put the 49ers in base 4-3. My expectation would be for the 49ers to be playing sub packages, probably nickel a lot, as the Eagles try to spread out the 49ers defense and take advantage of some matchups down the field, potentially even taking taking advantage of some matchups on Ambry Thomas. More matchups on Jair Brown. And with Talano Ufonga hurt, Jair Brown is going to be manning the other safety position. This will be game two. He wasn't tested last week at all against the Seattle Seahawks. They just never were able to test him. So he played well. He's probably going to get tested in this one. They're probably going to find opportunities to try to get the ball down the field. And the four yards are going to have to make sure... They, they take advantage of the, the matchups that work in their favor. But they're going to put some stress on Ambry Thomas. They're going to put some stress on Jair Brown finding matchups where guys are running through their zone. Uh, of course, if you get pass rush, it can limit the effectiveness of that. But The other thing that's different is Ambry Thomas is playing outside. Last year when the Forty ers met uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, Teomito Lenore was playing outside every snap with Jimmy Ward playing on the inside. Of course, Jimmy Ward is gone, so now... Your nickel corner in this situation is De'Amer Lenore. And every Thomas has been up to the task. He's been playing really well. But you're going to, what matchups are you going to want? Are you going to move Ward, Traveris Ward? Is he going to follow A.J. Brown? Because even though Traveris Ward did great against D.K. Metcalf, let's be honest, A.J. Brown's a better wide receiver than D.K. Metcalf. They're both big, they're both physical, they're both fast. A.J. Brown's a better route runner. He's a better high point receiver. He can go up and get it. Uh, he definitely plays with more physicality than DK Metcalf does. He's better after uh, yards after the catch. To me, it's it's night and day how much more talented A.J. Brown is than DK Metcalf. So I don't know if the four ers are going to try to just go Tarvarius Ward so they can give help on Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, uh, Julio Jones. I mean, we'll see. But I think the four ers need to be very careful to not let A.J. Brown exploit them. Now, last year, four ers had tremendous success against the wide receivers. Tarvarius Ward and Diomito Lenore did a great job. Locking down Philadelphia's wide receivers when they were going against them. Uh, But this time, Lenore's got a different task. He's got to play in the slot. Slot against Julio Jones, I'm okay with it. I think we're feel comfortable with that. He can lock him down, absolutely. Slot against Devontae Smith, that's tough. And we'll see how he's able to go about it. There was also some changes with the Eagles coaching staff. And I think these things could be significant. So they switched Nick Sirianni, of course, as the head coach. He comes from an offensive background based in run game. He was really good when he was with the Indianapolis Colts before he came to Philly. Well, offensive, the new offensive coordinator is Brian Johnson. He's taking over for Shane Steichen, who became the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but Johnson comes in. This is his first real experience as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. And we've seen the Eagles have ups and down moments. Now, they're averaging over 28 points a game. That's really, really good, and we've seen them take advantage of some opportunities with Jalen Hurts, but we've also seen some downtime, some time where the offense just isn't clicking, where they can't really get things going. Kansas City defense had success against them early. We saw Buffalo defense have success against them early. Now, I will give him credit. He adjusts pretty well, and then they get back on track in the second half, so the Fourniers are going to have to make sure they do a good job of holding in there And holding on to that. But that's a huge change. Going different offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, Steichen just had more experience. They're going Sean Desai, uh, formerly Jonathan Gannon. So a new defensive coordinator as well. Gannon gone. Uh, That's huge. When you make changes, wholesale changes at coordinator positions, it can have a ripple effect. I think their defense hasn't been as good against the run. Now, how much of that is the defensive coordinator? And how much of that is the linebackers being different? Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson being gone. You know, guys that can really help uh, stop the run and make tackles. And I do think the 49ers, just like a lot of teams, are looking at the edge defenders, Josh Schwett, uh Son Reddick. They're like, hey, wait a second. We might be able to potentially get some movement on those guys and be able to run the football. And it's never a good thing. I know Reed Blankenship's a good player. It's never a good thing when he's he's the tackling leader on your football team because he's a safety. Yeah, he comes up in the box and all that, but still... You want the, you want a linebacker or somebody else to be your leader in tackles. And then something interesting just to remember is the special teams coordinator, Michael Clay. Um, he was with the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. He was actually there in 2016, and then he stayed on staff. And Michael Clay was there from 2016 to 2020. So uh, some familiarity with Kyle Shanahan, familiarity with the 49ers coaching staff, and way that they like to go about business. Now, he's been gone long enough. He's not going to have any inside information on X's and O's or any scheme or anything like that or how Kyle uses personnel. Just that he knows the coaching staff because he was there with them for a while. With the 49ers coaching staff, the one big difference, of course, is no D'Amico Ryans and Steve Wilkes is now there. So uh, Steve Wilkes has been doing fantastic. The 49ers have the best scoring defense in the entire league. They had a lull. They had that struggle for three games. But since then, you've seen some changes. They've gotten a little tighter in the secondary. They're playing more sticky. They're sticking on these guys, not allowing them to get free, which is making it so the 49ers pass rush can get home. 49ers pass rush numbers since the trade with Chase Young, which also coincides with the 49ers by five sacks a game, including six sacks last week against Geno Smith. Tampa Bay Buccaneers hadn't given up more than three sacks the entire season. 49ers get four in that game. So you're seeing the impact of not just the changes as far as coverage goes from Wilkes, the disguises, uh, also some of the pressure packages and things that he's been doing. He has definitely changed some things up scheme-wise, going back to some of the things that really worked under D'Amico Ryans. So it's a different defensive coordinator for the 49ers. So you see the Philadelphia Eagles had to change two coordinators. 49ers changed one uh, because Kyle Shanahan still calls plays for the offense. But, you're seeing a little bit of a difference between that. And I wonder, you know, I mean, we're 11 games in this season, and yes, it might not make a huge difference, but these big-time football games, how are these coaches going to respond when you start making adjustments? I think it's something interesting to monitor in this game. And, you know, when you're looking at the Eagles, they're a very good football team. They have a lot of talent all over the place. So do the 49ers. Some of the things that are going to help you win are clutch calls by offense and defensive coordinators, but also clutch plays by the football team. So I'm really excited for this game. And, um, you know, whoever wins this game is going to put themselves in a great situation. Even though the 49ers can't catch the Eagles with a the win, they put themselves in prime position to be able to compete for that number one seed. Because then if the Eagles slip up one time, you're right there to catch them. Of course, the ers will have to keep winning. Uh, but, you know, you, you're looking at a team that's very, very good. We talked about DeAndre Smith. Uh, DeAndre Swift with 770 yards rushing the football. A.J. Brown over 1,000 yards already receiving. You know, Reed Blankenship leading in tackles. Uh, Darius Slay with two interceptions. So uh, you can see they have a lot of success in the things that they do. And so it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun matchup between the 49ers and Eagles. This was a first look, taking a, taking a look at some of the changes from last year. Because if you thought they are rolling in the same teams, it's not. There's a lot, a lot of differences. I would say more differences as far as wholesale changes on the Eagles side compared to the 49ers, which isn't surprising when you lose coordinators and you lose uh, players after going to the Super Bowl. They're hot commodities, and they go get big contracts. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a fun game, of course, all throughout the week. I'm going to be having content coming out. You guys can come check it out. I'm going to do tell the tape. I'm going to get in all the numbers about how these teams win. Of course, offensive and defensive matchups, the game preview show, the Madden Sim, all those things are available. All kinds of content available over on Patreon as well. The Ant Hill show RDL, The film breakdowns from Seattle coming out throughout the week, So plenty of content. You're going to want to make sure you like extra content. Patreon's going to have standalone shows. The Ant and Classic show will be available over there as well. So, Go check those out. But guys, thanks so much for watching. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening on the audio platform, you know, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, that's provided by 40 Hours Cutback on Believe. This episode of 40 Cutback was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks, guys, so much for joining. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember, the right way is always the 49.